0: Well, good morning! How are you guys doing? Those of you that are tuning in online, those of you that are in the Life Center, today's an exciting day, and as we mentioned, we're celebrating, celebrating grads, but as I have scrolled through social media this week, I can't help but give a shout out to the many other people who have finished courses Uh, college, university diplomas, and so I know that you guys have been sitting watching for a while, so why don't at the count of three you guys give a big shout out to anybody who has completed some sort of formal education over the last few weeks. Can we do this together? Ready? One, two, three, let's give them a big shout out. So... So good. Well, I am thrilled to be able to talk to you guys today on a subject that I am really passionate about, and that is on discovering the plan of God for your life, discerning the plan of God, and the calling for our life. You know, in ministry, and and I think this is general for anybody that has conversations with people, but I find myself talking with people, and they're always wanting, they're always talking about, you know, who should I, who should I, I date? You know, where should I go to school? Is it time to move? Is it time to start my own business? When am I gonna retire? Right, these are all questions that no matter what age or what stage you are in, we all have questions on discerning what is that next step? And so guys, I have some amazing news for you guys. At the end of this talk, you are going to know who you should date, who you should marry, where you should go to school, whether you should move, not move, retire. You know, how many know that's exciting, right? But the truth is, the truth is, here is the deal. God does have a plan for you, yes. But he wants us to discover that with him. And here's the difference. You see, you know, I I use my phone a lot. Like Siri. How many use Siri? All right. Siri, you know, help me find a pizza place. Siri, help me find a phone number. Here's the deal. God does not want to be a resource. He wants to be in relationship with you. And if we knew the next step, we wouldn't need God. But God wants you to be in relationship with Him. And so we're going to talk about how that works. Are you guys ready? If you're watching online, I want you to type in the chat. I want you to say, let's go. All right. If you're in the Life Center, I want you to say, I'm ready. All right, Life Center people, let's do that again. Let's say, I'm ready all right so discerning the plan of god with your life here's this catch this discerning the plan of god for your life is less about saying yes and it's more about saying no what does that mean how many of you guys have ever signed up for a diet like a diet plan an exercise routine you've like signed you've got the gym membership like you are saying yes All right, if we can put that quote up there, we're saying yes to that diet. We're saying yes to that workout plan. All right? How many know that that is the easiest step right there? Right? How many know that saying no to the extra dessert? Come on, somebody that 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 late night snack those of you who know me best all right i'm going to i'm going to admit this i i have this 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 addiction of eating cereal late at night all right and so i've had to say no to some things that are very dear to me and it and it hurts all right and and you know i have to say no to Sitting on the couch, come on, somebody, and watch the Netflix and Disney Plus all night, and you get up off the couch and work it out. Come on, right? And so discerning the plan of God for your life is not just about saying yes, but it's about what we say no to. And you're like, oh, this isn't going to be very fun, is it? All right, but I want to trust uh, that God actually has amazing things for us. And so we're going to go to 1 John chapter 2. Because I want us to be able to learn how we can determine God's plan for our life. And let me just kind of remove some of the pressure off of this for you. All right? Does God have a plan for your life? The answer is yes. Do you need to know every step of his plan before you start? The answer is no. You're not going to know every step before you begin. Are you going to always get it right? No. But I hope that in today's conversation, we are going to learn to discern God's plan, discover that he has a, a call on your life, and then I'm going to challenge and encourage you to do something with it. Are you guys at 1 John chapter 2 yet? Let's, um, let's look at this verse of Scripture. And so we're going to... Um, I'm going to read this for you guys, actually, okay? So here's the deal. John is saying this. He says, I have written to you who are mature in the faith. All right, you don't have to raise your hand, but those that are mature in the faith, he's speaking to you. And then he also says, I'm written to you who are young in the faith. So he is speaking to everybody that's listening today. No matter where you are at, John is speaking directly to you. And here's what he says. He said because you are strong God's word lives in your heart and you have won the battle with the evil one. I'll get you guys to move to the next screen. Here's where here's what he's going to show us right here. He says for the world offers a craving. So when he says the world offers, all right, he's not talking about our planet. Alright, he's not talking about saving the planet and, and, and all of that. He's actually talking about the world, its systems, the, the strategies, what's going on in our systems, in our planet. Alright, so he's not talking about saving the world here, but he's talking about the world's culture, alright, is what he's saying here. He offers only craving for physical pleasure. It offers craving for everything that we see. This is what the world is offering you and me, okay? It's offering us pride in our achievements, come on, and possessions. Catch this. These are not from the Father. What are we talking about today? We're talking about discerning the plan of God for your life. And He's saying these things right here physical pleasure, everything that we see, pride in our achievements and possessions these do not come from our father but are from where the world that's what social media that's what media tells us what we need to do right like you know you only live once you know look after yourself culture tries to tell us this is what you need to do but god is saying this is not from him and the world is fading away along with the people that crave it here's what's interesting is we have to understand that we have to be able to discern the different voices that are coming at us you say well this doesn't sound very fun here's the key word he says love everybody say love you see god intended us to enjoy things he's intended for us to enjoy the things that he's put here but what he's pointing out to is be careful what you love. As we're talking about discovering the plan of God for our life, we cannot love this, what he has here, possessions, pride, pleasure, all those things. We cannot love those and expect that we are going to be able to discern the plan of God for our life. Does that make sense? You can enjoy things, but he wants our love to be focused only on him. All right, so let's continue to move on from here. So we're talking about discerning God's plan for our life. Now, I want, us to, I want us to look at discovering the call on our life. Discovering the call on our life. And so in Romans 29 verse 11, I want us to see this scripture because I think it's important that you understand that not only does God have a plan for your life, but he has a calling on your life. And to me, this is when life gets exciting. And so I want us to look at Romans 29, verse 11, and it says this. It says, the, the plans that God has for our life, the plans, gifts, and callings are not withdrawn. If we can put that screen up, that would be amazing. But here's what I want you to catch in Romans eleven twenty-nine: The plans, the gifts, and callings of God cannot be withdrawn from your life. Why is that important? We're going to get to that because I think it is a great way for us to explore because a lot of us have disqualified ourselves and we think that, that, that these things can be withdrawn from our life now some of you that 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 study scripture you're gonna be like you're pulling that verse out of context romans 11 is about is about the jews and the gentiles and god is saying that the that the the jews the israelites are his chosen people and he will never remove that and i get what that's saying but i want to i want us to just pull out this principle that god's callings on our life can never be withdrawn now here's where we're going to go we're going to go to one of my favorite all-time bible stories all right, how many of you guys grew up in church? Come on, where's my church people at? All right, if you've never grown up in church, this is a phenomenal story that you are going to love. All right, and so we're gonna to go to Judges chapter 13, and we're gonna talk about the man, the legend, all right, uh, Samson, and so if you, again, don't know who Samson is, I want us to put up a picture on the screen right now of maybe a present day Samson and what he would look like, all right? So you gotta know, oh, there, Dwayne the Rock Johnson right here. All right, for those of you that are watching online right now, I think it's probably confusing because you're trying to figure out which one's Pat and which one's Dwayne. All right, uh, Pat's on the right, okay, Dwayne's on the left. All right, so here's the deal. Samson was, he was a, a um, he had the supernatural strength from God. All right, he was, he was a beast. All right, UFC, no one would stand a chance against this guy. But we're talking about calling on your life. And so I want us to pick up the story in Judges chapter 13. And I want us to see the call of God that is on Samson's life. Are you guys ready? Okay. He had a call right from the beginning that that God had for him. And so what you need to understand is Samson is an Israelite. God's chosen people, they are under the control of this group called the Philistines. So let's say the Philistines are the good guys, Israelites are the bad guys. Kids, are you with me? We got kids in the room. Good guys are who? Israelites. Bad guys are who? Philistines. So God called Samson and he said, you are going to be the one that is going to start a movement that is going to free the good guys, which is who? Israelites from the Philistines you got it all right so Samson was going to start this movement and so I'm going to try to slow it down and read the scripture so that we can get it all right because I, I do I have a time sometimes getting uh, calmed down I get worked up because it's just so so good so here we go in chapter 13 all right in chapter 13 here's the deal Samson's mom okay was barren I means she couldn't have kids this angel appears to her in the night and says, You are going to bear, you are going to give birth to a son. You're going to name him Samson, and he's going to begin to deliver our people from the Philistines. That's a pretty big calling. And so, as we track along in this story, the angel gives them some special instructions. All right? Special instructions. Here's the deal the key to this, his strength, Samson's strength, was there was to be no razor ever touch his head he was never to cut his hair all right now that wouldn't mean a whole lot pre-covid come on somebody now that we've gone several weeks and months without getting our hair cut you understand the struggle right so so samson was to never cut his hair that was the secret to his strength you know so you picture this like you know jacked up ripped guy long hair good looking Right? He had it all. But God said, may no one ever touch his head with a razor. That was the deal. And so, as we follow this story, and I would encourage you to read Judges 13 all the way to like 16 and catch this story. Because I'm just going to hit the high points. But here's what's interesting. We're talking about what? Discovering the call of God on your life. Here's Samson. He's born call of God to free Israel from the Philistines and so in verse I love this in verse 25 we have students watching we have kids watching catch this verse in verse 25 of chapter 13 it says this and the spirit of the Lord began to move on him right here the spirit of the Lord began to move on him and I just want to speak to to all of our young people right now you are not too young for God to start speaking to you and start prompting you and leading and guiding your life. That is a lie. You don't have to wait till you're a certain age. God can begin speaking to you right where you are at. That is a good place for somebody to say amen to that. So here we see God is moving in Samson's life. But the very next verse blows me away we're talking about calling how many know that it's easy to become confused in our calling and we're going to see how this plays out in the very next chapter verse one so chapter 13 ends god's moving in his life let's go to chapter 14 if we have it it says which i don't think i gave it to you it says samson went down to this town which i won't pronounce and saw one of the daughters of the Philistines come on somebody you know this is bad news already and he came down and told his father and his mother that i saw the daughters of the Philistines and now i want you to get her as my wife how many can you guys see that he is becoming confused in his calling God has placed a call on his life to free the Israelites from the Philistines. We hear that God is moving in his life, and the next verse is he's hanging out with the daughters of the Philistines. Come on, somebody. And he's like, I want you, Mom and Dad, to get her to marry me. That's how the customs of the day, your parents got to pick who you married. I'm still doing that for my kids. I already told them straight up. It's like, we believe in arranged marriages. We're going to find somebody. You don't have to look. We got this covered. And so here we see Samson begin to be confused in his calling. Can you guys just say confused? Confused in his calling. Here's the deal. Here's the deal. When we, we don't have to look for our calling. We don't have to look. Our calling will find us if we continue to listen to the voice of God. But what happens is, catch this, we begin to get confused in our calling when we begin listening to the voices that are all around us. And can I be like straight up honest with you? I am so concerned about today's generation that's growing up because there are so many voices that are speaking to them day in and day out. And it breaks my heart to see students and young people that are confused in their calling because they're listening to the wrong voices. Come on, somebody, are you with me? But God's voice is so clear if we will listen to what he is saying. And so we begin to see in Samson's life that although he is called, he's confused because he's listening to the voices of the people Around him, now there's this new trend that's beginning, and I'm not a movie watcher. All right, how many of you guys enjoy watching movies and Netflix and Disney Plus and all that? All right, so there's this new trend that I've been that I'm hearing about, and what it is is people begin watching the end of the movie first, okay, and then they go back and and start it all the way at the beginning, or they'll take a series and watch the end of the series and and then start back at the beginning. Does anybody do that? Like, I heard that is a thing, all right? But here's the deal. When it comes to discerning the call of God, discovering the call of God on our life, and listening to the voices, and sometimes we get confused, the voices that are speaking to you, I want to encourage you to play out the end of the movie of your life. The voices that you are listening to, play out the end of your life and see if that's going to take you to where you want to go, all right? And so many times, we don't listen to people that are a few years ahead of us, right? We listen to the people around us who have no experience. Come on, somebody. I love 13-year-old boys that take advice from their 13-year-old friends about dating. Come on, really? Over their parents? But we do that sometimes, and I want to encourage you. As you're trying to discern the voice of God for your life, Play out the end of the video, play out the end of the movie, the end of the series, and say, is that where I want to end up? Play it out. And so we see in Samson's life, and again, I'm just hitting the high points here, but we see where God used him to defeat the Philistines in in battles of, you know, taking out 30 men, taking out 1,000 men. It's like, how do you even do that? Like, one on 1,000 We see where the Spirit of God moved on him and he crushed them with like a jawbone. Like there needs to be movies about this, right? He took a jawbone and defeated a thousand men. And then the next verse goes on to say this, okay? We're talking about being confused in our calling. God just used him mightily. And then the next verse, let me just find it right here. It says that, Then Samson went and went back down to where the Philistines were, found a prostitute, all right, and began a relationship with her, and her name was Delilah. So here we have this guy called of God to lead his people from the Philistines, and he was there to judge them. For a period of 20 years, Samson was there and defended his people. And then we see him continually wrestle with relationships in and out. And I think that the reality is, is that we all have strengths and we all have weaknesses. And it's abundantly clear that we can see Samson's weaknesses here. And so we begin to see that Delilah began to pressure him and push him day in and day out and said, Samson, I want to we need to i want to know the secret of your strength and so they put her in her life in his life and said we're going to pay you delilah a whole bunch of money all right if you can find the source of of samson's strength because the philistines were tired of messing around with this guy and so delilah begins to just agonize him day in and day out to tell him the secret of her strength of his strength and so the story goes where, where Samson's like, all right, here's the deal. If you bind me up with these fresh, like green, like strong uh, leaf type, I don't know what they had in the day, but I could never break out of those things, right? He just makes this stuff up, right? And so he falls asleep. What do you know? Delilah calls in these people, ties them up, right? Samson, wake up. They're about to attack you. He gets up you know, just rips them to shreds, destroys everybody. She's crying. She's like, you lied to me. You made a mockery of me, right? And so he begins to play this game with her and two times he lies to her and then on the third time, I want you guys just to stay with me. I'm gonna go, I'm I'm gonna land in a really significant place here. Three times he lies to her but on the third time he told her and, and I just wanna read this story because I, I just I just think that it, it just you can see the trajectory that he's on. It says this it says um, and when she pressed him day after day with her words and urged him, he was vexed to the point of death. then he told her all that was on his mind, listen to this just. He said, A razor should never come to my head, for I have been a Nazarite from birth. And if I am shaved, then my strength will leave me, and I shall become as weak as any other man. He begins to tell the story, or he begins to share this with Delilah. And what do you guys that know this story? The guards came in, they tied, they, they took him, they shaved his head. He was as weak as any other man. And what's so sad about this story is that Samson had a call on his life from God, but he couldn't get control over the weaknesses that he was wrestling with that were very real. And it says that they captured him, they took him in, and they they gouged out his eyes. They gouged out his eyes, and this this statement just kind of like speaks so loud to me. Because the enemy, if he can blind you with temptation, then he can steal your vision. If the enemy can blind you with pleasure and possessions and pride, that's what he uses to blind you. And he takes away your vision, takes away your calling, takes away the hope that God has for your life. Does that make sense? And so we have to guard ourselves Against the weaknesses, we're going to talk about how to do that. But so here you have Samson; he's sentenced to just grind at the mill, blind, grind at the mill day in and day out, and they come and they come and get Samson and they begin to throw a party because this guy has just, again, he has been a pain in their side for 20 years. So they're like, we're going to parade Samson. We're going to put him up where everyone can see. We're going to have some drinks. We're going to celebrate. Here's where I want somebody to get hope from this story. And so here Samson is, he's alone. He's, He's broken. He's blind. He's got no hope. And he stands in front of this, this coliseum. People are laughing. There's 3,000 influential people from the Philistines there. And he calls out to God in that moment. And he asks God, he said, God, will you give me strength one more time? Remember in Romans 11:29, I said that the callings of God, they can't be withdrawn All right, he calls out and it's a display of God's mercy and his love that wherever you are at today, listen to me, no matter how broken, how beaten, how much you are grinding it out, you feel no purpose, you have no vision, God is right there with you. And and Samson calls out to God in that moment. And that strength comes back. And it says there was two pillars, one on each side of him. Like this guy, I don't even know how you even do this. But he began to rip apart those pillars. And the building begins to collapse on top of those 3,000 people. And they destroyed more Philistines in that day than in an entire lifetime. But I hope that somebody catches this. That that story can bring you hope and bring you encouragement that God is right there with you. Now I want us to just flip just a little bit, and I want us to go to Romans chapter 12, verse one. Romans 12 verse 1. And I want us to look at how do we do this? How do we discern this call how do we discover this calling on our life? All right? So here we're going to go. In Romans 12:1, here's what's so important. He says, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies, okay, to God because he, of all that he has done for you. Let them be a living sacrifice. Here's the deal. We live in a culture, again, as I've mentioned, where it's all about what we can get. In Romans, Paul is telling us we need to present all of our thoughts, all of our desires, all of our hopes, all of our dreams, and say, God, hear you Go. doesn't that sound completely backwards to where culture is at but he backs it up in verse two and he says this here's how we do this here's how we begin to discern the call of god for our life and discover it is through this it says in in romans twelve two, it says do not be conformed to what the culture around us but be ye transformed come on somebody by what? The renewing of our mind. What are we using to renew our mind? We're using scriptures like John 1 that tells us be careful that you don't love possessions, that you don't love pride, that you don't love pleasure too much. We reprogram, come on somebody, we reprogram how we think according to the word of God. But here's the exciting part that I love so much about this because Romans 12 2 says, then once you do that, reprogram your mind to according to how God thinks of us and what He's laid out for us, then we will know, know what. We will know the hope. Come on, somebody, that we have been called to. What is that good and perfect and acceptable will of God for our life? You don't have to be confused about your calling. You just have to begin to reprogram your mind by the word of God. And as we spend time with him, we will begin to take on what he's created and called us to do. All right, somebody, that's worth saying amen to. And if you're like, I don't even get that, I can't quite grasp that, I want to throw another scripture verse at you. James 4.8 says this. I've been on this for the last several weeks, and we're going to begin to land the plane here. Real quick, James 4.8 says this, draw near to me, and I will draw near to you. If you're new to church, if you haven't understood anything that I've said, all I would say to you is this. Draw near to God. What does that mean? Show up online. Maybe you'll show up next Sunday. Begin having conversations with people who have a connection and relationship with God. As you draw close to God, he will draw close to you in that moment. And he will begin to change our desires. He will change our thoughts. He will change how we talk. And we will begin to be on that journey and on that path to what he's called us to do. And so the last point that I want to close with is this. So first point was we need to be able to discern the plan of God for our life. Number two is discover that God has a a calling on our life. And number three is we need to do something with it. Number three is we need to do something with it. And I think that that's sometimes where we stop, isn't it? Where it's like, okay, I can understand what you're saying. I I get that. But the last point is we need to do something with it. And I want you guys just to pull up this one last quote on responsibility right here. Here's the deal. We have a responsibility. As we're talking to some students today, I can recall sitting in in Mr. Brownlee's office. Uh, I attended Christian school here and he had to call me in for a special meeting in his principal's office. Um, We'll just leave it at that. And it reminded me of this quote right here that somebody had with me just recently. And he said, Pat, you need to take responsibility. Do you know what that means? And I'm thinking, no, but I think you're going to tell me. It's one of those conversations. He said, responsibility is your ability to respond. Your ability to respond. And when we don't take responsibility, We lose our ability to respond. What does that have to do with anything? When it comes to discerning the plan of God for your life, when it comes to discovering the call of God on your life, it's your responsibility. Come on, somebody. We have to do something with it. And I want to share this just one last story as we talk about taking ownership. Just, you know, as we've all transitioned and pivoted in this covid season Um, in ministry we've had to do that and and i was a part of the the youth ministry over the last several months and we were meeting live in person you know amazing services students coming out and then all of a sudden covid hit and we had to move online and we literally moved from one wednesday night in person we had no idea what was about to happen to the next week within seven days having to figure out how can we still connect with students online. This has never been done before. I'm talking about taking responsibility. I'm talking about doing something with what God is leading and calling you to do. And so over the next several days, we began making plans of how we can transition youth ministry online. And we began to dream about, I wonder if students would invite their friends and so week one, I can remember being in the basement all by myself except Andrew Curvin running the controls, just me and him in the cold basement. And we didn't know if anyone was gonna show up. I thought it was gonna be like a blind date. It's like, you don't know who's coming on the other end, right? It's not a great feeling. And students begin signing in. And I went in that night and I said, my goal tonight is I wonder if someone would show up for the first time at our youth program that has never been let here in person. That was my win. And just for doing that, we're going to send skip the dishes at their house. So while we're hanging out doing youth ministry, somebody's going to get McDonald's, get a Big Mac delivered just for bringing somebody to youth. How many know that's worth inviting somebody? Come on. You know what? Over the next several weeks, we've seen students invite Friends for the very first time live on Zoom on a computer screen on the other side, inviting their friends, and we celebrated that. But next, I was like, I wonder if students could receive Jesus and become a Jesus follower on this online experience. I'm like, I gotta figure this out. And we were in the Alpha series playing this out. And we began to take this challenge serious and we began to get youth leaders praying. We had students praying and posting videos online that they're gonna invite their friends. And then it came to that night where we closed the night and said, do you wanna become a Jesus follower? Do you wanna surrender your life what we're talking about today? Give up your plans. Give up all that you think is important and say, I wanna figure out what this thing, this gospel message is all about with no music playing, with no emotion in the room, just in a basement staring at 100 people on a screen. You've seen students make decisions for the very first time to become Jesus followers. What am I talking about? I'm talking about we need to do something. We have a responsibility to act. And we continued to go on and we said, I wonder if God, I wonder if students could experience the power of the Holy Spirit in their living room, in their basement, wherever they're watching. I wonder if students could be physically healed through an online experience. And so we leaned into this challenge, the Acts 1038 challenge. And we began praying for students daily that they would have an experience with God and they would experience a physical healing. And we set this all up on one of our youth nights and we opened it up where students could post in the chat that they wanted prayer for healing. And we would unmute their mic and we would go to them and ask them what they wanted prayer for. And we would lean in and pray and pray for them that God would touch them right where they were at. And guess what? God healed people from asthma. God healed people from emotional bondage that they have lived in their life. God physically marks students' faith forever. I want us to stand all over this place and we're gonna sing this song, but I want to encourage you that whatever you need is in your hand. Just like Moses, just like Samson had a jawbone. Moses had a staff in his hand. David had a few rocks. You have something in your hand that will take you to where you need to go. You need to know today that you are not alone, that God is with you, He is in you, and He is for you. And if you believe that today, I want you to sing this song with us today.